0: Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we are talking about the death of content marketing. Yeah, I think you can You
1: can probably guess already, like, the, is Twitter dead? It's like, no, it's not. And content have we, marketing isn't have we, dead. Have we run out of new title ideas? No, I don't think it's that I think this is a serious one, actually, because I start with a bit of an anecdote. I get access to lots and lots of client analytics and my own analytics and various other websites. And increasingly, when I look at that multi-channel funnels report that says which channels are contributing to people doing the things I want them to do, so actually yeah. achieving my goals – the social media bit of that has gone down across the board for everyone. Mm. Um, so we're seeing social media seems to be contributing less and less. So is that to say that social media uh, and content isn't working the way it should, which is a big conclusion to jump to from that one bit mm. of data. But there is definitely something at play here. So rather than as to say content marketing doesn't work anymore, where we're starting from a point here is content marketing is getting increasingly difficult. And that's not just because which I've said for a long time, there's so much noise, there is so much content that it's hard to get cut through. But it's just you just won't get away with doing kind of sloppy techniques with this stuff anymore. But also there are some particular things that have come into play that I thought were quite interesting. Now, based on this, based on getting less return from social media particularly and then trying to work out what impact that has on content, we've done a bit of research and done some investigation and tried some things out, and we've learned a bit along the way. One of the first things that was really interesting – uh, was around dark sharing. So, yeah. Kieran, do you want to kind of explain? Yeah.
0: So, um, I mean, this is something a lot of people have, have made a lot of noise about. It sounds a lot more sinister than it, <laughs> it does, is. And I, I, I think we have discussed it on a previous podcast, but we wanted to delve into it in a little bit more detail. So we were having a discussion a, a, about this, and I was wanting to really share with Daniel uh, a pattern that I'm noticing on a lot of the posts that we do. So just before I go into it, Basically dark sharing is when you've set up kind of tracking codes to to see how many people are clicking through to your website and you don't really get much information back on on where people actually shared the shared the link you know was it in Facebook was it in Twitter now in the past when I've worked for, for much bigger brands with much, much larger kind of social audiences. I've always taken the trouble and always recommended to to medium to big size brands. Actually if you've got a significant following, it's well worth for each individual channel to actually split out your tracking code. So I'd have a separate tracking code for Facebook and one for Twitter and one for um, LinkedIn and and so on and so forth.
1: Just to clarify for those that aren't familiar, we're talking about tracking code. Mm. uh, It's adding that extra bit of code onto your links for analytics tracking purposes. So if you're not familiar with it, just search URL builder and you'll get the one for Google Analytics and you just add a
0: bit of Code onto each of your links that allows you to see where those clicks have come through. Yeah. And if you listen back to a previous podcast episode, I give a, an amazingly brilliant analogy of trays of paint, which helps explain. How, well, I'm, I'm now completely confused. But anyway, please be, carry on. Yeah. How, how, let's, how, let's not how, go how there. all right. We won't go there. Won't go there. It, it, it's, <laughs> just, it might jog people's memories. you oh, did yeah, jog mine. I was probably no, there. You were here when we did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what, what's interesting? We, we use bit.ly. To shorten all of the links that we share on on social media and because i know that actually all of my bitly links that I only used for social media sharing that is the only route in to the to the building from those links i know it, that, that this is all content that i've only shared on social media and what we notice with it if you have a look in your bitly analytics you can see you know which platforms each link comes from and actually that's really useful for me as a content marketer because i create Let's say I've got a, a blog post on 12 things everybody should know about AdWords, for example. I create one Bitly link for that, and I'll use that same Bitly link on my posts for LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or any of the other social networks that we're pushing the content out on and, and sharing with. Because of that, within Bitly, I get to see a breakdown of, of which, which which platforms have actually clicked on the content. But interestingly, when you look at your, your Bitly link, increasingly, you have this kind of big blob of other uh, which is kind of classified as email sms and then direct and so they don't really really know where it's come come from it certainly hasn't come from the actual social media platforms and and this is a a phenomenon that i'm seeing again and again across the board and it it would appear that actually to really what dark social sharing is, is just people not sharing publicly on the, on the platform. They're kind of sharing it a little bit more behind closed doors, perhaps forwarding it on via SMS or via email. Uh, and, and I think it's, a, it's just an ongoing trend that it, it's kind of not cool to share everything on social media. But interestingly, what we found is there are certain pieces of content that people do want to share.
1: Yeah, so just before we get on to that, just to clarify as well, so I get a Bitly link and maybe I click on it directly in Twitter or Facebook, great. But actually, what we were seeing is that people are, as Kieran said, emailing. But it could be they're bookmarking, they're sharing the Bitly link and just using it again and again in the future as well. So the the reality is that a lot of the clicks, not the shares, are no longer coming from social media, and that's the dark social piece. Now, the, the sharing thing that that Kieran alluded to is very interesting. So if we share something like how to write your page titles for SEO or whatever it may be. Quite functional, quite useful. A few people will share it, but actually a lot of people might share it quietly by emailing it or kind of direct messaging it or something else like that as well because they don't necessarily want to be seen to share that particular thing. They might have a particular person in mind that they think it's useful for and they'll send it on to them. But a lot of people in social media are trying to project an image of themselves. So the stuff they share builds up that overall kind of picture. Now, the piece of content that we've seen has had a lot of shares, uh, Kieran.
0: So, yeah, the, the piece of content we noticed a, a real spike in actual, you know, public sharing on, on social media platforms was the, the, the podcast episode we did with Andy Leake, which was hashtag notes to strangers, which if, if you haven't listened to it, it's, actually one of my favourite episodes that, that we've done, certainly one of my favourite interviews that we've ever done. Really, really interesting guy to, to speak to. But if you're if you're a fan of, of his work, I think you, you'd be that little bit more inclined to to share this because it shows your love of his work it's, it kind of brings you that little bit closer to him. So it's kind of, I think sometimes posts can act like a, a sort of a badge of endorsement. You know it, when, if I share something like this, it says something about me that I that's positive that I want to push out there to, to people that follow me. So that's it and I think when you're thinking about your content it's important to
1: consider that that would somebody want to share this so that it projects something about them so that's that's one thing we've noticed so we've got this kind of dark sharing going on which means we don't always know the shares are coming from we need to start thinking more about why people are sharing and maybe starting to develop our content in that way and also this whole thing of just broadcast social media the idea you create a piece of content and you go to twitter facebook LinkedIn, and you just tweet about and you post about the same thing And then if you've got multiple Twitter accounts, just putting the same tweet out onto multiple accounts really is a bad idea now. We've we've done it off and on for a period of time. And I've always kind of preached best practices, you should write everything individually. But what's happened is that, look, we've got my Twitter account, Kieran's Twitter account, we've got the target internet Twitter account, let's just put the same tweet out. That's not a great idea because it's not differentiating then because if there isn't my personal tone of voice to it, it's not great. But also Twitter has introduced a load of new rules there are more guidance, really, at this stage for tools that allow you to schedule. But they're basically saying you shouldn't allow people to send the same tweet over multiple accounts at the same time and so on as well. And if you just think about it from a user point of view, it's it's not a great idea. So maybe there's nothing new here, really, but it's really saying... Look, we knew what best practice was, but we pushed, you know, sometimes you push it a little bit. But actually, you really, really need to push into thinking, why would someone share? Yeah. Sharing it in a kind of personal tone of voice each time and really thinking a bit more carefully about your user. I,
0: I'll go a step further than that. So one of the reasons that I really started looking at this and looking to to change it was because I was just bored. You know, it's, it's actually, it's dull sharing the same thing. And actually, I've had so much more fun, you know, creating and crafting specific posts aimed at my specific audiences, it's much more rewarding for the marketer. Uh, but actually, you know, we've seen it, it does get much better results uh, uh, as well. So, uh, you know, I don't think you can just assume that, you know, different Twitter channels are very different audiences. They're not, they are the same um, people. And one of the things that I have noticed when we've used sort of automating tools and it's kind of broadcasts and stuff, quite a significant number of people unfollowing,
1: yeah, the other thing is people noticing that they've getting like a tweet from me and a tweet from Target yeah. internet on the same thing at
0: exactly Indeed. the same time and taking the mickey a little bit yeah. as well. Yeah, Kel- Kelvin Newman had a great, <laughs> great fun. He, he said, he imagined Daniel and I shouting jinx across the office when we both tweeted the same thing exactly at the, same at the, same time. the same time. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, it's a fair comment really. And yeah, actually exactly. it, it caused us to, so thank you, Kelvin, because th- that started us on a journey, caused us to, to relook at, at how we'd set things up. And actually I think the, the channels are uh, a better one. Love to know what you think. Actually, if you if you've seen us doing this, yeah, and I'd I'd say with this, the solution you might think is well, what we we'll
1: do, is we'll set the timings differently, <laughs> and you could be a bit sneaky about it, and so on. And the reality is, I mean, why why Twitter has changed the rules is actually because of the proliferation of bots and fake accounts and people trying to hack elections and all these kind of things. So, and actually, if you're not careful, marketers we start using the kind of you know quick quick win techniques. Mm. And I we you know, I just just think carefully about what's providing value. If you're following my account, you probably want something that's a bit more personal for me. If you're following the Target Internet account, you're looking for best practice stuff. Yeah. And that's you just gotta go back to your audience. It's always the same stuff, yeah. go back to your yeah. audience. Now, as part of this process, uh we started to look at the correlation or causation and that's what we discussed, between social shares and your rankings uh, in Google. And I'm not going to come to any complete conclusions with this because we're going to share some data in a few weeks where we've done a bit more testing. But what it looked like initially was that we'd get a piece of content, it would get loads and loads of shares in social media and Twitter particularly, and then suddenly it would rocket up to number one in Google. And that was fantastic. I mean, we we found a new way of promoting content. I'll talk about that another time as well. Suddenly we're getting absolutely huge amounts of shares on this content. That's fantastic. The particular search term goes up to number one in Google and we think we've cracked it. Oh boy, have we cracked it? We yeah. know we've got the secret kind of formula, uh, and then we started look at our data and going, well, it could be telling us that. But actually, the more you read into it, and there's there's plenty of good content out there uh, on a number of websites, basically saying, well, yes, there, there does seem to be some sort of connection. But the reality is that stuff that's highly shareable is also the kind of stuff that people like to click on, and therefore. Actually, what's more likely is that Google is looking at click-through rate as an indicator of relevance of content. Mm. And it just so happens that's the kind of content that gets shared a lot as well. So the point that's been made in a few – like the WordStream website and a few others was saying – if lots of people find your search results in Google and click on it because it looks really relevant, Google says, this must be good, we're going to push it higher in search rankings.
0: And that happens to be the kind of stuff that gets shared quite a lot as well. So you can you can do this and test this out on your own content. So I'd encourage you to go into Analytics, go into your Google Analytics and have a look at your Search Console report. So hopefully you've followed our advice and linked up Search Console with your Google Analytics. And in there, if you just simply chart your click through rate and your average Google rankings. You'll see a definite correlation as if the click through rate increases. So your ranking on average tends to, to increase. Now it's quite hard to see what specific terms that's on because Google aggregate lots of terms that that piece of content's been found on. But have a look at the landing pages report within there and have a little play around with that. Um, and we, be really interested to to know what you're finding get in touch um, and let us know if you're seeing a correlation between that
1: looking at click-through rate is quite interesting from an seo point of view because then you start to go well your page your meta description is phenomenally important and your mm. page title is phenomenally important and the url is important and we've always said that but at the same time it's not just from a google looking at point of view it's actually more and more from a user reading it kind of point of yeah,
0: view but I, you know user signals are, i think increasingly are uh, are really really key
1: yeah and it does seem like everywhere you look at i mean all the all the stuff from moz and all the other good seo websites are saying that those user signals you know people actually clicking how long they stay on the page how many of them bounce back are having a much bigger impact on on google than before so the jury's out a little bit on this social sharing stuff how much that's directly impacting the google search results we'll come back to you when we've got a bit more test data on that as well but what was interesting to me about this whole shares thing is that if we look at this particular piece of content that we've been working on, we'd had a, f- a really good number of shares, say 150 shares of this mm. particular piece of content. So people going in, writing tweets about it, and uh, sharing it on various different social platforms. If you then compared that to how many clicks we got, the number of clicks <laughs> versus the number of shares was a terrifying thing. And it was less than half. So if you think about that, 150 people have shared the content, and we've got less than 75 clicks. I think it's about 60 clicks, if I remember yeah. rightly. Yeah, well- so what that basically is telling you is all these people go, Oh, I'm going to share that content. That'll be a good thing for me to share. That'll make me look good. No one cares. No one's clicking. And increasingly, I think this is down to the level of noise again. We've all got these kind of Twitter accounts, for example, and we're sharing best practice stuff all the time. The amount of it that actually gets clicked on is very small. And I remember this from a long time ago. I used to write content. Um, for someone else's website. So I won't, it's, it's kind of one of our competitors now. We used to write content for them. And I knew if I post that content within the first hour, there'd be 300 shares. Cause it was one of those websites. Everyone looked, everyone would share the content. But if I looked at the number of people actually reading the article versus the number of people sharing the article, it was about a tenth. Mm. And it's again, it's the same thing. There's always going, oh, here's a best practice guide for this. Here's something for this. And it's just not getting the click throughs. It's not getting enough interest from people to actually bother committing to it. And this comes back to the whole point of this particular podcast is that it's not that content marketing doesn't work. It's just that there's so much content. We just as, as human beings, busy human beings are filtering a lot more. And unless it grabs me, unless it is emotive enough, if it really is the right stuff at the right time, it's just not getting my attention because my attention is so thinly spread.
0: Think about how you, you do sort of ma- manage your own Twitter feed though. I mean, I, you know, I will quite commonly go in and look to see if there's anything that I think's cool and, and shareable. And I maybe pick one or two things out of maybe a hundred you know you are quite selective you have you have to be but but isn't this all part and parcel of the generic tweets and the listicles yeah. and you know just doing the same thing everybody else is, is there's is, is nothing doing. new here that we haven't said for years i guess but but, but when you personalize it yeah, you know, that's what we, we're keeping on seeing again and again. If, if you write something that's personalised to you and then share it, and it can be quite loosely related to the content in some issues, it always gets a lot more uh, attention because you're directly speaking with your audience. And that, that's where I think a lot of these feeds go wrong. So I challenge all of you out there, look at the last dozen things that you've pushed out via social media and ask yourself, seriously, would you share that and why? And, and we'd you read it. I mean, this yeah. is the other thing
1: that was fascinating to me. If we, those 150 shares, for a fact, less than half those people had even read the thing they were sharing. So that, to me, I mean, you should never share something you haven't actually read yourself. You could be linking through to any sort of crazy yeah. stuff. You'll be careful. So, it, again, it just shows that we're, we're trying to gain things too much. It's a, you know... We're trying to play a game of all this and actually it's got to be a little bit more. What's the value proposition for my potential audience?
0: There's some amazing stuff out there on growth hacking and growth hacking techniques, but, but, but please like you know, question them before you employ them and ask, you know, what does this actually say about, about you? I've also got a bit of a problem sure. with
1: growth hacking as a term yeah, yeah. in that I don't think there aren't techniques that can help you do things quickly. But all they are is a summation of other things like clever content marketing, clever sales techniques yeah. and so on as well. And you've got to be really careful. How much are you gaming things for your advantage and actually potentially alienating the audience along the line as a little bit, you know, what's in it for me rather than what's in it for them? And,
0: and that's the, that's the tipping point, isn't it? That's the, that's the line you have to be very careful to cross. Cause actually you should be doing it much more for your audience because they are the point. It's not about you. It's not about your brand. It's about, it's about them. You know, it's about what they want to and choose to engage with. And if you spend more time focusing on that, that's got to be a good thing. It's got to, you know, push the needle in the right direction. right?
1: So I would really recommend go and look at if you're using any social sharing tracking code on everything is going to really help with getting past that kind of dark sharing stuff, because otherwise you've got a lot of stuff being shared. It's not being
0: flagged as being social media traffic in your analytics but it actually is yeah so So you won't necessarily you still won't know how they've dark shared it but you will know that it originated in facebook yeah and that's all that matters to some extent i I guess Um, and then just think about actually when you're writing
1: something about why someone might share it what's in it for them how does that project their brand so that's an important one to consider as well and then really just thinking about okay the whole connection between search optimization and people's actual behavior how many people are clicking and you know how long do they stay on your web pages and so on as well so there's a lot of things to think about here because you're talking about social social sharing the titling of your content you're thinking about seo um, and again i think that content marketing for a long time it's, it, content marketing isn't really a thing it's just seo and social media and, <laughs> and actually it's important we consider all those things we join our thinking together a little bit but it is getting harder and harder and the risk is you you tell people oh, content marketing, is this really clever stuff. They go off and try it; it just doesn't work, and they go, "No, you are wrong." Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about actually, it's just got a lot tougher because you're competing in a much busier environment. And when there was a lot less content, it was a lot easier to do. Yeah. So do it properly, and if you don't, you're going to burn people, and that's going to be that.
0: Do you think people aren't focusing enough on the content promotion because it is, you know yeah, that's a really important it, point. massively. We were. No, I don't think we were. We we were talking about how we've been, been working and probably 80% of the effort's been going into creating the content, which, you know, we really hope you enjoy. But then, you know, the, the pattern was like a lot of you out there, you know, let's, let's produce a, we produce a podcast every week and we we try and produce a a much more in depth article (laughs) each week. But that was just a rolling weekly thing. And I had a tick list to go through and and push it on each of the different channels. And then that was that. It's like, whoa, hang on a second. What, what a waste. You know, you put all that effort into creating this fine crafting, this nice piece of content. You push it out once and then you sort of, sort of move on.
1: Yeah. And the thing that, we we say and we're training is that we say, oh, you should you should treat your content like a product and you should launch it. And you've got pre-launch where you're identifying influencers and advocates. You're double checking. Have you really ticked the boxes we've been speaking about today? Who's this for? Why are they going to love it? Why are they going to share it? Making sure you've answered those questions. Then at your launch phase, you're going through and you're promoting for organic social channels. Um, you're going through and you are promoting through paid social channels. You should be promoting on your website real estate across those different kind of places. Um, you're doing your outreach, finally, to your influence advocates, actually getting those emails out. And then after launch, looking at a content leadable, working out what worked, what didn't work, learning from that, going through and revitalizing previous content. So there's a lot more just to creating the content and then socializing it. And actually, that gets missed a lot. And in a a busier and noisier environment, without that marketing of the content, you're just not going to get the traction. So I'd really kind of make sure you're looking at those kind of things as well. I've um, got a great little kind of tick box checklist for this kind of things. So people add that onto the show notes as well so you can take a look at that. So we would love to hear your experiences of content marketing at the moment. And when we say we'd love to hear, we really actually mean it because if yeah. you email us or go to the website and fill in the form, we will look at it and it will get mentioned. Uh, so make sure you go through and do that. So uh, targetinternet.com forward slash podcast is all the episodes in there. You'll find the show notes in there. There is a contact form to get in contact as well or you can use any of our social accounts. So thank you for listening and we'll speak to you again on the digital marketing podcast thanks very much for listening to the digital marketing podcast if you want to continue your learning journey get over to targetinternet.com and do our digital skills benchmark it's completely free it will assess all of your digital skills tell you where your skills gaps are and recommend lots of free content to continue your learning journey So get over, do the digital marketing skills benchmark and continue your learning journey today.